Welcome back to Scars and Lemonade, the podcast about optimism and resilience. Switched it up that time. See what I did there? Yeah, I was going to say, what podcast is this? I thought it was resilience and optimism. Right? going to get confused. (laughs) We're welcoming everybody back to this episode as we prepare to sign off for until 2023. And we thought this would be a good time to finally share some of the bonus content that we've been hyping up throughout the season. Oh, and it is golden. So we're going to be having three special guests join us for the content. Guests that you've already heard from. So we're going to be having Sarah, we're going to be having Mirna, and we're going to be having Fatima come back and share some of their thoughts on what defines resilience and optimism for them. As well as the other bonus questions that you heard us answer in A Fresh Squeeze, our pilot episode of Scars and Lemonade. So enjoy. And now here we are with our first bit of bonus content featuring the one and only Sarah Simpson. And this seems like a good time to mention that our original pilot episode was an episode with Sarah, but we had to re-record it due to tech issues. And so she may reference that in her answers in case you're wondering what's going on. But here we are. More from Sarah Simpson, Jane of all trades. Okay. So we're going to ask you some questions for our bonus content first. First question coming at you. What does resilience look like for you? Oh, my God. I wish I would have, like, wrote down my answers from last time. Oh, that'd be cheating. Um, (laughs) I know it would be cheating. Yeah. I think for me, it's taking the experience like taking each experience as it comes and not because I think some people tend to go to plan for the worst case scenario, Mm -hmm. but then that starts to kind of infect how you feel and bring you down. And it's really easy to just ruminate in the worst case scenario. And I get that you need to be prepared for all situations, but I think you just need to hold out hope for the best case scenario And that's what got me through all of my surgeries, all of my treatments, and then all of my subsequent uh, tests. Like there's always anxiety wrapped up in every single test result uh, appointment. And I just take it kind of one experience at a time and and try to like hope for the best possible outcome uh, or else it'll it'll drag you into into a dark place. I like that. Okay, our next question for you. What does optimism look like for you? Optimism is is just knowing that, as I said, if you're taking it experience by experience, it's knowing that or hoping that tomorrow actually could be better than today. So my mom was with me through most of my surgeries and our saying we had in hospital was two steps forward, one step back. And because you, you, you have a lot of setbacks when you're going through recovery, um, maybe there's a test that might come back a bit off or it's not the exact outcome in surgery you're wanting, or maybe your recovery isn't going as quick as you want. But as long as you're making slow progression, so two steps forward, maybe you get one step back, but you're still further along in your journey of recovery uh, is kind of what kept me optimistic that we are going to get through this because my first surgery, I was in hospital for a month and that felt like a year mm-hmm. time. I swear time just drags in hospital. And it's what my surgeon also had to remind me is you're going through kind of one month of uncomfort 
hopefully for a lifetime of health and wellness. So uh, there was, I had a lot of great advice around me, uh, (laughs) as you can see. That's a great outlook. That's a great outlook. Uh, What Mm -hmm. pop culture has resonated with you? So movies, music, songs, comics, whatever it is, what has resonated with you from pop culture? It is, I'd say strong female comedians have always seemed to be at the center of of who I gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So like the Kristen Wiggs of the world, the, I know that she's, I don't know if she was canceled. Maybe she was canceled, but in hospital, I really loved Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, you need, you need lighthearted, like don't have to think about it content when you're going through something like this. But, uh, I always, I also watch a lot of dark dramas and and listen to Mm -hmm. some dark music, but, uh, especially during the pandemic, I needed my, I needed my new girls. I needed my Seinfelds. I needed my, uh, my comedy. Mm -hmm. Cause I think sometimes we forget how much laughter really changes the physicality of, of, of how we're feeling of, of our, um, all the, the technical, the dopamine, the serotonins, all the good, uh, brain drugs. Um, so I think it's, it's always been female comedians and, and I know Abby, you've read a lot of, uh, memoirs that I need to dig into. I think that's kind of my next, like the Tina Fey's, the Mindy Kaling's. So yeah, high on my list. Um, you should also read, she's not like comedic per se, but Gabrielle Union's memoirs are phenomenal too. She's written too. Oh, no yeah. way. I think it's like, um, what's the first one called? We're going to need, we're going to, we're going to need more wine and mm. I'll have another, I think they're called something like that. Amazing. Or Love we're going to need something stronger. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, hers, I definitely recommend those. Okay. Perfect. On the list. So now it's time for two truths and a lie <laughs> you have an improv background so i'm excited to see what you come up with hit us oh with two God. truths and a lie do you all okay two truths and a lie let's go i was at the, hit by a car when i was 12 years old i fell out of a car on a highway on highway one that goes across canada i drove my first car at nine years old which is the lie okay so the truth the lie, which is the lie. You, the lie, which is the lie. The lie. So hit by a car, fell out of a car. Drove a car. So a car. the lie obviously is drove a car at nine years old. I'm going to say the lie. Why would you say that? I'm going to say <laughs> the lie is that you, did you say you fell out of a car onto a highway? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with that's being the lie. I say that because I would fear then you'd be a better driver by now if you were driving since nine years old. You don't know. She might be a great driver. Just because she used to drive with her knees while checking her cell phone doesn't mean she's a bad driver. <laughs> it was before distracted driving I was, was going to say, Abby. That's the, true. That's the true. The poster of distracted driving. <laughs> sure, I used to get a little bit frightened when I'd get behind the wheel of you. Not anymore, though. Just back then. Back oh like God. 10, 12 years ago. In all honesty, I have received a ticket for texting while driving. But it was at a stoplight, which kind of think you can get away with, but <laughs> don't text and drive, friends. <laughs> so the lie, Patrick had it. The lie was learning to drive at nine. Okay. Well, I like that reasoning. So, yeah. <laughs> so you fell out of a car on a highway. A and you were hit by a car when you were 12. Did you break any bones? Yes. I broke my arm. Uh, I ran out to get a ball in the street and was uh, oh, yeah. uh, Classic. Could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... 
was that was the first of three broken arms same arm same break same the well they're like all running years. into the road to get a ball <laughs> no <laughs> okay good it's like oh dude one one was falling off a penny farthing who hears what? what a penny farthing is? <laughs> I literally just earlier today was reading about a guy who drives a penny farthing it was like I think on like a CVC news thing or something <laughs> Like literally probably about an hour and a half, two hours ago. Okay. So educate the rest of us in the room there. Cause I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. It's like those, those bikes from the night, early 1900s that have massive. <laughs> yeah. And they're wheels. like really tall. And then the two little back wheels. <laughs> you yeah. just made T-Rex arms. I like okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> the two little back wheels. And I think I So just, is this recently? No. Oh gosh. This was when I was, I think 11 I don't know why my dad had one. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, this just keeps getting better. <laughs> like it's been in the yeah. family since the 1900s. <laughs> it really has. Uh, so yeah, the, the, yeah, ran into the street to grab a ball, and then the the falling out of the car was like the perfect storm of errors. With not having my seatbelt on, I. The door was slightly open to get some light, but then it it didn't lock properly. Like with the light went off, but I thought it locked properly. So and we were dropping my brother off at hockey practice. My brother always gets embarrassed when I say that my mom uh, was in tying up his skates. <laughs> I was able to tie my own skate because <laughs> that's the most interesting but part was, of the story. Totally, yeah. <laughs> and I was in the car doing something, and I needed the light, so I opened the door and. So I think it just shut slightly, but not enough. And so my mom went to merge onto highway one and I just rolled out right into the middle of the highway. And <laughs> it's a weird instinct that you kind of t- like tuck, tuck and roll, like tuck and roll into the ditch. <laughs> and that there's no injuries from that other than like I scraped my hand, but we, uh, <laughs> this is unbelievable. We're not super. We're not super religious people, but we were like believed in a higher power that yeah. night. I looked behind me and there was no, there was no cars to be seen. Like wow. crazy busy highway. I think it was only like seven, eight o'clock at night. It wasn't. That's wild. It was a prime time. So oh. yeah. All right. Well, thank you for playing that game. That's wild. You are welcome. Yeah. And now we've got some more bonus content coming from Myrna Scales. And feel free to check out her TEDx talk after you hear from her here. And her TEDx talk is called, What If Moms in Crisis Were Kind to Themselves? So listen to this episode and then get more from her there. What does resilience look like for you? Resilience looks like, I know this might seem like a simple answer, but just continuing to go even when things are like super, super hard. I think that a lot of us think that um, we're, we're not as strong as, as we think we are. I, I just had this feeling when I became a mom that I don't know if I could do this, you know? And the things that I've been able to go through and get through, it's incredible. It really is. I can't wait for everybody to hear your story. Then on the flip side of that, well, I guess not the flip side, but on the same side, a different level. They're cousins, basically. (laughs) (laughs) On the cousin side of that, what does optimism look like for you? 
Oh, optimism looks like even though things look horrible and like there's no hope, you can still see a little hint of positivity in your day. Some might see that as like toxic positivity, but I think that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, as a parent, like you really have to look at the positive side of things. Every day is just, there's something, there's always something. (laughs) Going into this, were you, would you consider yourself a positive person? Were you always an optimist? I think so. I think so. I am a Christian, so I always was thinking about, you know, this is happening for a reason. We can get through it. We just need to pray and have faith. And um, I'm still a Christian, but my perspective has changed a little bit on that. So what pop culture has resonated or provided a bright spot for you on your resiliency journey? Oh, like, is there a song, a movie, a TV show? Or a book? Um, I'd have yeah, to say, <laughs> yeah, I'm an avid reader. I do read a lot, but I would have to say that YouTube and just going to see other people going through the same journey as me, meditation videos, and just really seeing other people are struggling as well that I'm not the only one has really helped me. And it's provided me with this like, oh, maybe I can help other people too. That's cool. Is I there, like that answer a lot actually. Yeah. Is there any YouTuber in particular or channel in particular that you found yourself drawn to? Or what would you search? I would search like at the time when I was going through um, all the hard times, I would search like anxiety and parenthood and Um, is this depression, you know, and, um, I did watch a lot of Mel Robbins videos. Are you familiar with her? She's very real and (laughs) she talks about her anxiety and just how, like, sometimes you just have to, you know, say five, four, three, two, one and get things done. It's Mm -hmm. not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. And I think a lot of parents, mothers, they're expecting everything to be just amazing based on movies and TV shows that they mm. see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you're like, real life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You went potty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it wasn't on the potty, but. <laughs> I know. I know. <sighs> yes. And I think in the email, we had also prepped you with the game Two Truths and a Lie. If you have those ready, would you like to tell us two truths and a lie? And we will try to guess which one is which. Yes. Or which one is the lie. (laughs) Okay. Um, I am a singer. I love poetry. And I love spicy food. Oh. Oh, geez. Mm. Dude. I mean, the easiest way is to get you to sing a few notes, right? (laughs) Cheating. Yeah, that's cheating. <laughs> also, show us your book collection. Yeah. <laughs> and now go eat some jerk chicken. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. My guess for the lie is my guess for the lie. I think your lie is I like poetry. And I think the lie is singing. 
Oh, the lie is poetry. Oh, <laughs> all right, one nothing. All right. <laughs> Thank you. And those are all of the kind of preamble questions that we have going. I mean, she set me up though. She was like, "Oh, I'm an avid reader." So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I yeah, know. Sure. I know. I love like thrillers and self help books. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ooh, who do you read for thrillers? Oh my goodness, I have so many. I can't even think of like one right now, but I just finished one, uh, The Lion Club, and I read a lot of audiobooks. I listen yep. to a lot of audiobooks because, you know, with kids, you just. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Fair enough. The last thriller I read, it was called The Last Thing He Told Me. And I really like that one in case you're looking for some oh, okay. recommendations. Yes. Thank you. No worries. Last but not least, for bonus content, we have Fatima Oliver. And hers was the one that was the most... Wait, what? We, I think we mentioned that in her episode that we couldn't wait for you to hear it because your her two truths and a lie are going to just totally blow your mind. <laughs> so have fun guessing and let us know whether or not you got, got them right. Got the guess right. I still don't know how this game works, but I'm going to get there one day. What does resilience look like for you? You know, society and and just life in itself can just really, really tear at us mm-hmm. um, to our wits end. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've been raised anyway, like I have, Ab- Abby, even in the midst of that, we, we are taught to be strong and taught to put a brave face on. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've had to crawl through a lot of muddy stuff. And so to be able to do that and keep your faith and to be able to have some type of sense of humor and pull away from all of that junk, some wisdom, that is definite resilience. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. And then playing off that, what does optimism look like to you? Shoot. I think perspective, you know, I think optimism comes from perspective and just being willing to see a different perspective. And being willing to use the platform of defeat or use defeat as a platform, you know, to to elevate yourself. That in itself takes a lot of optimism. I try to live my life in that space. I remember growing up, I was often viewed as a pessimist. I I, I self-identified myself as a pessimist, you know, but then I would Mm -hmm. say, I'm not being negative. I'm just being real. (laughs) I think I've said that a time or two. I think I've said that a time or two. But there is a thin line between that, right? So now I um, focus very heavily on acknowledging facts and faith. And so to me, that's optimism. It's realizing that your situation is what your situation is but also saying, but I can still overcome it. I can still find a way out of this situation or I can still muscle up, you know, the grit and get through it. That's optimism. I love that. And I'm also in my head, I'm like ready to write down. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And our next question is, what pop culture has resonated or provided a bright spot for you on your resiliency journey? Oh. So what movies, books, TV shows, songs, you can pick one, you can pick all of them. Oh my God. Let me tell you. <laughs> Diary of a Mad Black Woman. That was like oh, yeah. my movie. That was like for real, my movie. I was right in the middle of a bad place where I was trying to figure out if I was going to stay or leave. 
And when she pushed her husband into that water out of that wheelchair, I was like, ooh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> but I got to be honest, I saw that movie like three, at least three, four times during that time when it had first come out. And it really did give me the strength to leave an abusive relationship. So wow. um, it, it, it really did. And to be able to um, leave in a way as best as I could to not harbor as much hate as I could have harbored Mm. you know I still had a lot of stuff to work through but it really helped me to focus in on what was best for me and my family and and I saw a lot of my situation through that movie so it really really encouraged me and you know everybody likes some Mary J I mean come on (laughs) Mary J Blige I mean seriously at some point I was like oh my god her life is so dramatic and then when she was then when she made the song No More Drama I'm like finally (laughs) but it was also sad for so long so her uh, you know we're not gonna talk about the post uh post divorce but but when she was married and was really fine in love and that space and time where her music Mm -hmm. was really upbeat and just happy and all about loving yourself. And, and it's really um, developing into that again now, right? Her yeah, finding yeah. herself again. Those type of songs have really encouraged me, honestly. Awesome. Now I just have a Mary J soundtrack playing in my <laughs> right now, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just found it interesting where you're mentioning drawing strength from that movie. Like it's always interesting yeah. to hear where people get that source of strength that you wouldn't normally associate with, right? Yeah. Like just that pop culture actually has a place in doing that part of that healing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you'd be amazed. I mean, so many things. It's just thinking about smells and different sceneries and movies and mm. songs. They all bring back certain sentiments, right? You can think about a song, at least I know I can, from a childhood and a song would play and it would bring back joyous moments, but there are some that makes me feel sad. And I'm like, why Mm -hmm. did that change my mood? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's the same thing that entertainment as a whole can do, you know, for a person. And I think that's why so many people um, gravitate to the movies and, and why Netflix shoot, we need to buy some stock in there because it's like, you know, because it's a, it's a getaway, but also it can be used as therapy. And a lot of times the arts are sharing what you feel and maybe what you're afraid to say. Well said. Very well said. We're getting so deep so fast. Oh my God, we're so deep. I love it. You're supposed to be the warm up questions and already writing down notes. All right. (laughs) And so we have one sort of mini game as our final pre interview. Oh boy. So it's called Two Truths and a Lie. So Uh. what we want you to do is come up with two (laughs) things that are true, one thing that's a lie, and tell them to us, and we will try to guess which one is the lie. Gosh, that's a tough one. You should have told me that one earlier. Two truths and a lie. Okay. One is I sang background for a well-known group. Um, I married someone who was a part of a, a well-known group, um, like the uh, a part of the Temptations. I'll say that, <laughs> Temptations. And uh, I dated someone from... Oh, no. What is it? Two truths and a lie? Yes. Um, I dated someone who um, was a part of a circus, but they were the clown. They were a clown. <laughs> okay. 
So an actual <laughs> circus clown, not just a clown in the way they behaved in the relationship. Yeah, that, that, that probably too. But <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is good. Okay, so you sang in a well-known group, you married someone from a well-known group, and you dated a circus clown. Oh, these are good. <laughs> <laughs> I know which one I want to be true. So what? <laughs> it's the clown one? Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm gonna pick as my lie the married somebody from the temptations. Okay. What are you picking? I'm gonna go with the singing background. Okay. okay. And now I tell you my answers. Yes, please. Okay, so I did sing background for this group. It was called the Righteous Brothers. Um, they, they were like the Blue Eyed Soul Brothers. Oh, yeah. Um, you, uh, yeah, they they sang the song "You You Lost That Love and Feel" and yeah. all that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I sang background for them. Toured uh, in my past life, I toured with them for five years, and um, so that was an awesome experience. I actually flew for the first time because I got that gig. And I was wow. the youngest person in the in the band. I think that's why they hired me, because I had no idea who the guy was. <laughs> and he came out and got on the got on the on the piano and played and was like, hit these notes. And I hit the notes. And then he's like, do you even know who I am? And I'm like, no. <laughs> the guy who's gonna give me a and, um, and it was. Yeah. And he was one of the lead singers, Bill Medley. And um, he was like, you don't have no idea. And I'm like, no, I don't. And so he's like, OK, you got the gig, you know, why not? Why not? And so, yeah, so that was a very interesting time in my life. I say my my past life. And I did. I was married to um, someone. Uh, my ex-husband, he actually was um, one of the lead singers of The Temptations. Not Otis, but you know how they read what is it? Repurpose their their group, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, like a like a reboot, like all these movies. Yeah, reboot right constantly, <laughs> right? And so my ex husband, he was a lead singer of of the band for a time, Bruce Williamson. He actually passed away from COVID when COVID first hit, so uh, a, a couple years ago. But okay. yeah, yep. Oh. And the clown part, even though I did date a clown, and he did. He was a part of the circus. Um, he did not. He was not a clown. He actually um, rode unicycles. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I guess I had a, I had a thing for the industry. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of entertainment there, right? <laughs> well, that's incredible. Thank you for playing that game with us. Sorry, uh, my husband. He's a my. I upgraded Abby. I upgraded, and my husband. He's a, <laughs> He's a blue collar worker, so I had to go way on the other side <laughs> to get some balance. I thought you were going to say he was the ringmaster now. Brian, he was the ringmaster. No, I, I, yeah, I had to let the industry go. Yeah, fair enough. Happy holidays. We will see you in 2023. And while you're enjoying that sweet, sweet time off that we hope you have, or even if you're still working through the holidays, you can find a moment to settle down and catch up on Scars and Lemonade episodes that you may have missed. Share them with your loved ones and discuss. Let us know what you, what you come up with. Happy holidays. Scars and Lemonade is created and produced within Treaty 1 territory on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, OG Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the national homeland of the Red River Métis. Music for Scars and Lemonade is written, produced, and created by Evan Dysart. 